welcome to Recast, presented by the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each episode will look at a key issue of mission or discipleship for church leaders in Scotland. We will be bringing you key voices, practical insights and unique stories, all focused on the church in Scotland. Welcome to The Recast. My name is Glenn Innes and I'm here with my co-host Lisa Holmes. Hello everybody. So first of all we begin with an apology. We are sorry that it's been a couple of months since we put out one of these. I'm sure you've been sitting at home checking your feeds every day. Will they put another podcast out? Will they put another podcast out? Well good news for you. Today is the day we have a, a podcast for you. Uh, Lisa it's been a couple of months since we've done this. Uh, what have you been up to? Oh my goodness. Well, that's part of the reason that we haven't done one, isn't it? Is the what have we been up to? Um, well, two things. Um, I'll start with the more personal one. Um, so um, at long last, moving from Yorkshire to Scotland. Woo! So uh, there's been a lot of work around that. And our, literally our house went live on the market just the other day. So um yeah, so oh, you better be of... careful because everybody will be now Googling where you live so that they can go and have a poke around your house well, on the I internet. I know, that's right. Well, to be fair, it's the tidiest it's ever looked, so probably the least <laughs> embarrassing that I'll ever be about the quality of my house. Um, so that's really exciting, but huge amounts of work, as I'm sure all of you know, and ongoingly for the next little while. So that's the personal bit. Um, well, lot, lots of stuff, really, because quite a few things got shunted from earlier on in the year, didn't they, with the whole uh, COVID thing. But I think the most exciting was... Um, the two of us got to go on a trip to Orkney, didn't we? To visit, first of all, some of the ministers in the Highlands. Um, so, uh, Olmes, Dingwall, Wick and Thurso, which is just really brilliant to do that. And then across to Orkney and um, met up with all the guys there. And you were preaching in Kirkwall and I was preaching across in Stromness, where they have excellent cake, by the way. Um, <laughs> Just so lovely to see what God's doing, isn't it, in different parts of our nation and uh, and the islands as well. It just was such a privilege to do that. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was fascinating because the. Uh, I'm not sure what I expected, um, but whatever I expected, I, it exceeded. Uh, mm-hmm. It exceeded my expectations. Both both uh, the remarkable work. Uh, and kind of vision that some of the folks mm. in the Highlands had, and then uh, really what's going on in Orkney with uh, three really healthy churches mm-hmm. uh, on Orkney and and doing some remarkable stuff up there. It was great to spend some time uh, with them. We did also eat some really good cake. We did eat much food in general, actually, didn't we? Uh, absolutely, it was great uh, hospitality. Fabulous hospitality. I I, uh, I had Weetabix for the first time since I'd stayed at my granny's house. And, and, and you were uh, a little bit awesome. sad about it, to be honest. It was amazing. <laughs> I don't care. It was the best thing ever. It was uh, it was genuinely brilliant. And, and uh, cheese and crackers in the evening. Uh, cheese well. and crackers. You have supper in the evening. It's like, it's, it was amazing. Uh, it, but it also reminded me that, that culturally... Uh, our country's super diverse, right? You know, like just the way that, that simple things like that of having supper in the evening, which was a thing I grew up with uh, mm-hmm. from a family space, but it just isn't a culture that I live in anymore because uh, you're not supposed to eat before you go to bed because it's bad oh, for right. you. But, yeah. uh, Can you uh, not get Weetabix in Edinburgh either? We, Is it we too do posh? Too posh for Weetabix. <laughs> 
I don't know. I'll go and try Waitrose later. And see. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's uh, but that that kind of diversity was reflected in our churches as well mm-hmm. as we went up uh, through there and the, the kind of differences, different styles of churches. And I was just reminded how diverse our union of churches mm-hmm. is. That it's um, that uh, you know we've got like vastly different mm. approaches to, to how we do Sundays, but also just kind of how we think about our place in the world. And it, no, not one's good or, or bad. It's just mm. that uh, I think the joy of reflecting on that diversity yeah. and um, uh, and the fact that there's health in lots of different ways mm. and in different approaches. Yeah, and people were just seriously inspiring, weren't they? I, I just felt so challenged by the the guys we met and just you know, their sense of vision and what God has called them to, some of it really challenging as well. Um, it was it was just a great opportunity and privilege to meet up with them and pray with people as well. It was. Uh, I mean, in the context of that kind of union-focused thing, we thought we were thinking hard about what guests we should have, mm-hmm. and uh, we decided we would have our boss on. Yeah, good, uh, good move, like then. Yeah, I know. I think we've got our, we've got annual appraisals coming soon, yeah. so we thought let's uh, let's get the boss on the podcast. And uh, uh, so Martin uh, Hodson, who's the general director of the Baptist Union, and uh, is uh, has been speaking around the nation uh, to at Canopy and various other uh, things online about this vision of increase. And so we wanted to sit down with him and have mm-hmm. a bit of a chat with him about his sense of vision for uh, the Baptist Union over the next season. And hopefully you'll enjoy that. Martin, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to be with us today. Uh, we know you are a busy man, so we appreciate your time. Uh we're just going to jump right in here. Um, some people will have heard you talk uh, about uh, this vision of increase that you have uh, for the Baptist Union of Scotland for our, our network of churches uh, at Canopy, or perhaps they saw the video that was released on um, social media last week. Um, and for those who haven't heard anything about it, I guess in the next 25 minutes or so, they're going to hear plenty about it. But um one of the things that really struck me as I've heard you speak about this over the last uh, number of uh, weeks and months is this line that you use from a Greek poet which says uh, they thought they had buried us, they didn't know we were seeds. And uh, it seems to me that that quite nicely sums up all that you have been talking about in terms of a vision for our family of churches. Why do you think that that analogy or that that piece of poetry is particularly helpful and hopeful uh, in our way of thinking for where we're at right now. Well, thanks, Glenn. Thanks for such a nice welcome to the podcast. I think that increase is a challenge and a vision because it's not really what's happening at the moment. And so, yeah, that language of, you know, people uh, thought, thought we were buried actually is not a bad description of where we're up to. A lot of people look at the church in Scotland at the moment and think it's dying and uh, it's a series of burial services. Um, I have lost count of the number of secular commentators I've seen delighting over the number of 
people who now in Scotland say they have no religion, when that passed the 50% mark, it seemed to be a victory for the uh, for, 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 for humanists in Scotland, at least, if not others. And um, that, that language of, of being buried, you know, the, the, the general secularisation tide points to that, that, that participation in churches across the country is, is diminishing in certainly all the historic streams and, uh, and some others as well. Uh, and so the challenge is, is this a burial that's leading to a final death or is it a kind of burial that actually is going to be surprising um, because the kingdom of God is at work here? And, you know, as followers of Jesus, we know what Jesus said. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And this season of struggle and decrease is, I believe, just the prelude to what God is going to do to bring a new increase, as he did in his own son, Jesus, most significantly at the very heart of our faith. So he he can and will do in our churches in these times. Brilliant. That, I mean, that's, that's a really interesting introduction to that whole kind of space. I mean, why is it that you're hopeful? What What is it that's brought you to this place of feeling hopeful when all of this, the, these things like this the increased secularization or increased lack of religion and all these things, why is it that you are hopeful in this context? Apart from Jesus, of course, because that's a, we know that's the right answer. But I do, I do kind of want to start with that and say I'm hopeful because the biblical faith that my life is founded on and that our churches are founded on is about increase. The Garden of Eden, God tells Adam and Eve, you know, be fruitful and increase. The covenant word that's given to Abraham is, uh, you know, that your descendants will exceed the number of grains of sand on the seashore. And the coming of the Spirit after the resurrection of Jesus, you know, it propels the disciples into mission you you will be my witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria and the ends of the earth so increase is written all over the kind of christian identity and we can't be satisfied and we can't believe in a faith that is committed to decrease or, or simply that condones decrease without a, a response of faith that says god it must be otherwise so i think that's that's kind of one reason um, and a, a fundamental reason but i'm also hopeful because i believe this is a word that God has given to us for this time in particular. Sometimes a word of God comes, you know, in, a, in an inhospitable environment. And in a sense, our environment, you know, it would be nice if the church was increasing and God was saying, yeah, great, smashing, just keep doing what you're doing. But this is a challenging word from God and a, a critically important one. I think that's important. And thirdly, I think I'm full of hope because I sense across our churches a hunger for this, and the word increase is resonating with us, not just because we generally think that being evangelistic is good, but because there is a real sense of God saying, you could be different at this time. The story could be written differently. The story has been declined, but in your generation, on your watch, what happens could be increase. And the gospel of Jesus is as powerful as ever. It is still the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. The message of the kingdom and the life of the church are as strong as they were in the book of Acts. And we can 
expect to appropriate that in our living now. That's um, really encouraging, Martin, and super inspiring as well as a little bit challenging. Um, we we base everything on these covenant promises from God, and um, and that's what gives us hope. But also, uh, it's not particularly unusual to experience tough times, is it, as the people of God? Um, and we read that throughout the scriptures as well. And um, we've been talking together about how God has been speaking to us, particularly from the prophet Jeremiah. And I wondered if you wanted to expand a little bit more on that that you've just referenced in your previous comments. Well, as you know, Lisa, there's a, there's a verse of scripture that's really at the heart of this, Jeremiah 29, 6, where God speaks through the prophet Jeremiah to the, uh, the people from Judea and Jerusalem who've been taken into exile. And I think for them, it feels like a crisis time. It feels like this is the worst time in their history. Things are declining and going from bad to worse, and they've been taken away from the to a foreign land, and will they ever be God's covenant people again? Will they ever return to Jerusalem? And Jeremiah from God brings this incredibly hopeful word about settling down and marrying and having children. And he says, increase, do not decrease. And I think that's the word for us at this point, increase, do not decrease. And uh, I, I, that, that can only come from being responsive to God and how he's leading us. I love the fact that at the end of Two Kings, I don't know if you remember, there's, there's that moment where after uh, Jerusalem has fallen to the Babylonians, they install this kind of fake prince called a guy called Gedaliah to look after things. And it says, he said to the people, settle down in the land and serve the king of Babylon. And that's like, that's a loser message. That's never going to see the kingdom come. Whereas the message that comes through Jeremiah is settle down and increase for the glory of God, because it's always been your vocation as God's people to increase. So um, just because I'm interested, really, um, how, how did you sense that this was what God was saying to us? Yeah, well... I'm glad you're interested in that. <laughs> and uh, to some extent, you're part of the story. I, I became the general director of the Baptist Union a couple of years ago and uh, had some sense of what God was saying then. And it was about transformations, generations and innovations. Then the pandemic came along and it kind of took over so much of our thinking and became an end in itself for a while. And as we are, I hope, uh, now moving beyond the intensity of the pandemic, uh, that question arises, what is God uh, calling us to be? And I just increasingly fell in my own heart and spirit and through various things I, I read in scripture that this is what God is calling us to do. It, it, that transformations, generations and innovations vision is a strong kind of strong as ever, but it's it's encompassed in the idea of increase. And uh, this grew on me and I think you know, there was genuinely a sense that um, at this point in history, I, I don't think God has called me to be 
their general director simply to accept decrease and help us manage it better and slow it down where possible. I think there's a bigger calling. And so, I mean, I shared that with you and Glenn and the other members of the national team. And we spent time praying about that, talking about that. We had quite a significant day of prayer and fasting, focusing on that and been chewing this over and holding it before God for a long time. And we gathered around this and said, yeah, we really believe this is from God. And we took it to the Council of the Baptist Union. And we had an extraordinary time back in April with the Council, uh, um, looking at this, exploring it, discussing it, praying into it, and just trying to hear what God was saying. And the outcome was that we gathered around that. And I think communally, together, we, we discerned that this really is God's word for us as a network, as a movement at this time. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Yeah, I mean that, that it's brilliant, Martin. It's so so encouraging. And I, I mean, it, it was interesting because those who were at Canopy will know that you shared this there too. And we we invited people to to show some sense of commitment to it at that point. And the, you know, it, it was pretty much a unanimous sense of yeah, actually, this does feel like what God might be calling us to, and and that's really exciting. But I, I guess lots of people will be sitting there going, that, that's great, that's really exciting, but um, they'll be practical people. So they want to know, what does it look like for our family of churches to embrace this kind of hope that you're calling for uh, uh, in this vision of increase? Yeah, and all our churches are committed to evangelism and mission. That's that's part of our evangelical DNA. That's that's what we're about. So this isn't simply saying, hey, everyone, try harder at the thing you're doing. It's saying this is about our network of churches. We're over 150 churches across the country. And God, in his wisdom and grace, has drawn us together into an extended family of churches. And I believe there's a reason for that. And it is that together we can be more than the sum of our parts. We can actually embrace a vision corporately and do some things together that will help equip one another to uh, realize that vision. Um, and um, that's that. I mean, and that's uh, I'll, I'll come on to the specifics in a minute, Glenn, but that's been part of our Baptist way for a long time. I was reading about a guy called Francis Johnston back in the 1840s, who was one of the people who first tried to uh, make a Baptist union in Scotland, connect together the Baptist churches. And he had this vision that the, the churches would come together for evangelism and for church planting and for mutual support. And he looked at a map of Scotland and looked at all the towns that had uh, less than, that had more than 10,000 people in them that didn't have a Baptist church. And he said, uh, we've got to make a, a planting strategy to reach the nation and we can do that together. It's not something that any one church can take on, but we can do it together. And so it's kind of in that spirit that as a network, we can be more than the sum of our parts. This comes out. So I, th I think there are three things that we can do together and the first is is prayer and that is praying together so that our network of churches is characterized by being a movement of prayer for increase in God's church in Scotland and we can do that by by praying at a national level as we've as we've as we've discovered we can do uh during the pandemic with the help of zoom and youtube and so on we can have big national prayer gatherings but i think increasingly we we 
need to have regional and local opportunities for praying together and saying, we believe in this increase and God will you show us how we do that. I think our praying needs to be not simply interceding, but coming together. Sometimes it might be in a town or a region. It might just be two church leadership teams coming together and praying and saying, God, what are you saying to us about increase? And finding our faith increase because of course God increases our faith and he increases our love according to scripture as uh, as as a route if you like on the way to giving us the increase in scope so prayer is really important um a second thing is planting churches I believe it's time for us to begin uh uh a serious commitment to church planting, to planting churches that look like our existing ones, to planting churches that are more innovative and different that fit in new contexts, uh, but all of which are committed to our Baptist fundamentals and all of which are about worship, including scripture and prayer. They're all about community, loving one another as Jesus loved us. They're all about mission, making Jesus known and sharing the good news of his death, death and resurrection with everyone. So planting churches, I think, is essential. And again, we can do that together well, because not every church in the Baptist Union is at a point where it can plant churches, but some are, and many clusters of churches could work together to listen to what God's saying in their area about planting and corporately develop something new. Also, we have a bit of money in the Baptist Union at the moment because three churches have closed in the last two or three years and some money from their property has come to the Baptist Union and we've kind of earmarked that and said that money needs to be spent on starting new churches, money that's come from churches that are closed. So together as a union, we, we've got some ways of um, putting some funding into that as well. So I'm sorry, a, this is rather a long answer, but you, you come back so, to me. So it's a good answer. So that's, that's really, uh, really positive and encouraging, isn't it? So we can pray for the increase of what God is doing across the nation. We can think more about how we might plant churches and uh, opportunities around that um, and how we might prepare churches to be in that place or people to be in that place to move forward and of course we want every church to be growing and flourishing and increasing in the sense of God's presence in that church and his work amongst the people in that church as we go forward so Martin I just want to ask you a question here so are we just waiting now for some kind of you know uh, national news from on high about all these things can we start today are we are we waiting for another few months what what happens if I'm just in my home right now listening hopefully to this podcast, because it's a little depressing if no one is listening. Um, is there anything I can do? Um, what, what could I start doing now that might make a difference to this sense of God speaking increase over our nation? Well, this is all about what we are doing. I mean, the Baptist Union is all of us. Uh, um, I'm not sure if there is an on high from which anything can, can come from. Uh, there are some of us with national roles who are really stirring this vision. I think that... Um, anyone and everyone can pray and can recalibrate our prayers towards seeking God about increase and listening to what he's saying and inviting his power to direct us afresh 
to the task of increase. We can start talking together with our neighbouring churches. They might be our geographically neighbouring churches. They might be churches that we kind of get on well with because theologically we're closely aligned to them and say, well, what is God calling us to do? Is there an opportunity to do something new? Is there an opportunity that God's opening up for us to plant something? We can also just really listen in on this conversation and say, what is this uh, what is this bringing to our existing churches? Because of course the increased vision isn't separate from our churches. It's all about us rising to the challenge and becoming what God's calling us to be. And uh, I, I love there's something that Tim Keller said about the vigorous continual planting of new congregations is the single most crucial strategy for the numerical growth of the body of Christ in a city. And also, and this is really important, the continual corporate renewal and revival of existing churches. And I think just to get into the increased mindset is to be enriching for all our local churches that, that already are. Brilliant. Martin, I, 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 I've heard this many times before. I'm encouraged again. It's, uh, <laughs> it's great. Um, and I hope uh, that those who are listening are also encouraged. I, I, I suspect over the coming weeks and months, we, they will be, we will be hearing more and more about the very practical ways that people can get involved, we would encourage people to pray. I, I was reminded as you were talking earlier of the the Smith sisters uh, in um, in Lewis uh, before the revival came there. You know, they they were stuck in their house literally. They couldn't go out. They couldn't go to church anymore, and so they gave themselves to prayer. And I think everybody acknowledges that that's really where the the Lewis revival began. And and so I think for many of us who, or for some folks in our union, it will be a case of, I don't know how I can engage with this. And the answer is, well, let's start with prayer and let's see what God will do from there and and trust that there's more yeah. to come. So um, do you have anything else that you want to add uh, to what you've already said? Yeah, there's maybe a couple of things. Just picking up on what you said there about prayer, um, one of the things we'll uh, begin in the autumn as a national team is just trying to help uh, um, groups of churches come together to pray and to... Uh, uh, to to connect in in a way that is richer than we have done in, I think in recent times uh, at least as as a praying community I think if it it would be great if belonging to the Baptist Union of Scotland means that you've got access to some of the most dynamic prayer times and gatherings that are around the place. And I think we've got a heart to do that across our churches. We're hungry for those spaces. And it's, it's quite possible for us to create them and make spaces where we pray together with great expectancy before God, where the spiritual temperature is high, where worship and listening and speaking and longing and sharing and communal discernment all grow together in the one space. So I'm, I'm excited about seeing that. That sounds really good, doesn't it? I think I might need to go to that. What do you think? <laughs> I look forward to seeing you at lots of them around the country. 
If there's one other thing I can mention, I, um, I mentioned about prayer and church planting, that's two Ps. There's another thing that's really important for us, which is creating a pipeline of leaders who are equipped in evangelism and church planting. And that's got to be part of this as well, what we sometimes call raising up uh, leaders, but not just raising up, but preparing leaders to uh, initiate new churches um, as, as, as part of the increased journey. We're really good at, um, at developing pastor teachers, and we've got a long history of doing that, and our churches are blessed by just excellent, excellent pastors and teachers, and, you know, there's no question if you want good scripture teaching, go to a Baptist church in Scotland and you'll find it there. It's not the only place, uh, but it's, you know, we, we, we're dependable in that. But also we, we need a pipeline of people who are being trained in mission and evangelism. And so we are going to develop um, other training streams going forward that, that help that to happen. And uh, I think that would be great. And, you know, it may well be that as time goes by, um, that's not that's not an exclusively Scottish Baptist thing because increase isn't about the Scottish Baptist community trying to accelerate ahead and you know and get ahead of other groups or in some cases catch up with other networks of churches. It's just about us working together to do what Jesus is calling us to do and calling the whole, the totality of his church to do. So I can imagine lots of partnerships uh, beyond just Baptist churches. We are talking about the Baptist family because that's who we are. That's our kind of, our, you know, belonging in, in this extended family of churches. But we'll, I'm sure, be partnering with all kinds of other people at a local and a regional level as we go along, uh, because we're not the only people God's giving this increased vision to. I think we've got a particular way of speaking about it. But, you know, I look at the the other networks of churches in Scotland, whether it's the historic denominations or uh, all kinds of new dynamic networks and this sense that we've got to seek God and take some bold, daring steps to see an increase is widespread. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Martin. Uh, thank you for the encouragement that that is. I wonder, would you would you pray for us? Uh, would you? It seems like an appropriate thing for us to close uh, that way. Lord God, from the beginning, you've called us to be fruitful and increase. And through your son, Jesus, you've brought us into, into the living vine and called us to bear fruit. And at this critical point in our nation's life, when we can't ignore the secularization that is the direction of travel in our society, Lord, we cry to you we call to you and say would you give us the increase would you do a new work beyond anything that we can engineer lord we repent of our slowness to hear your call we repent of accepting the decline narrative and we offer ourselves to you to be your co-workers in a new work of growth in this generation for the glory of Jesus, for the sake of his church, for the sake of the lost, so that Jesus might be exalted. Amen.
Well, that was a great prayer, wasn't it, to end with there and uh, just everything that we agree with. We really want God to be about doing this, don't we? And um, and obviously, this is something I feel passionate about. So, you know, I would encourage everyone where they are to be like those ladies in Lewis and to get praying right now because we want to see God do something amazing across the nation. Um uh, and so I want to encourage you to look out for those events that we'll be having as well regionally. Um, if you want to be part of that, get in touch with me so that we can make that happen together. Um, be just great to worship together, to listen to God, to pray together and to see God at work transforming our nation, right? Absolutely. And how would people get in touch with you, Lisa? How would they get in touch with me? Oh, carry a pigeon? Um, no, do they work? Uh, uh, no, Lisa at scottishbaptist.org.uk. There you go. Will you put that on the you know little notes? You we'll put that in the show notes below. Also, I, I think it'd be worth just saying to folks that one of the best ways to keep in touch is to be signed up for our various um, social media platforms, which Lindsay, our colleague, does a brilliant job managing. So uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all of these ones. So please uh, make sure you're following the Baptist Union. And again, we'll put those in the show notes. One that you may not be so aware of is that there is a regular newsletter comes out from uh, the Baptist Union called Connect, uh, which you can sign up for. Uh, again, uh, we will uh, put the, the link for the show notes there. You can sign up, put your email address in the little box there, and then you get all the stuff, not only that's happening uh, and that's coming up, but you can have a great opportunity to um, hear stories from around our union. Right. And even you can share stories, can't you? Um, you could write in and tell us where you can see God at work or something that you in your church or in your area have been doing together. I mean, we'd love to hear that um, more than anything, the stories of what you're doing and what you're seeing God do amongst you as well. Um, that'd be good. And coming up in the autumn, we have another exciting event, don't we, Glenn? Yeah, we do. Uh, we, we had Canopy Summer, which Lisa and the team did a great job putting together at Dunblane High School. But we realized that calling our family of churches together from uh, around uh, the nation, it's pretty hard for people to, from Tyree or from uh, Shetland or indeed from Wigton, our most southerly churches, uh, to actually um, to get to a place for a day. Uh, and we learned something during the pandemic that we can actually do some of this stuff online. And so we're going to have Canopy online uh, October 28th and 29th, um, which will be uh, times of prayer, times of uh, worship together. We will have um, a number of seminars uh, and speakers. And we're really excited uh, yeah. that our keynote speaker on the 29th is going to be Francis Chan. Uh, who him he's written uh, books like crazy love and uh, most recently letters to the churches and i think he'll have something really significant to share with us in october yeah we are genuinely really excited about that because he's doing something specially for us yeah. like how important does that make us feel <laughs> brilliant uh we hope you have enjoyed uh, this podcast. We plan to have them back on the regular schedule throughout uh, the summer and uh, into the autumn. 
uh, and we look forward to sharing some more of the stories uh, that we've been hearing from around the nation and uh, bringing to you some other people who can help us think about how we can all be more effective in mission and how we can uh, draw ourselves deeper into Jesus. Uh, so have a great week. Uh, I'm Glenn Innes. Uh, this has been Lisa. We have been The Recast. We are out. <laughs>